Welcome to this week's episode of Strong and Sculpted, the brand new podcast by The Sculpted Vegan, talking about all things strong and all things sculpted. And in case you didn't know, this podcast isn't just about bodybuilding and strength techniques and all things to do with being sculpted. It's also about being strong, whatever strong means for you. So that can be strong in body, it can be strong in mind, it can be strong spiritually, or it can be something that you find strength in, which helped you along in your journey. So strong doesn't always necessarily mean physically strong. It can mean strong or can mean many things in many, many different ways. And we're going to be having some epic guests on this podcast. We have some really, really good guests lined up, some very surprising guests that you would not expect to have on a Sculpted Vegan podcast. So um, stay tuned for that anyway. And guys, also make sure that you leave me a review once this goes live on the um, on wherever you're going to be downloading your podcast from. Um, we love reading the reviews in iTunes because um, it, it, it helps me to connect better with you guys. And I'm going to start doing shout outs as well from the reviews. So once this podcast goes live, definitely leave Leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. And I will be giving some shout outs in future podcasts to all those who leave reviews. So today we are going to get back to some questions um, that I have been asked. Um, We have a lot of commonly asked questions that people ask me like all the time. And whenever I put out questions on my social media, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, the same questions come up again and again and again. However, there was a question asked today that I have never actually answered before. And when I saw it, I thought that is something that I really want to talk about because um, it's a very important question. So let me just read it out to you. So the first question today comes from Irene, I think it's Meja, M-E-J-I-A, Irene Meja. And she says, what has been your biggest mistake in your fitness career, i.e. too much cardio or whatever? So this is a really, really good question, Irene. Thank you so much for asking it because there are many, many mistakes that I have made in my fitness career, like many, many, many mistakes. But there are probably three mistakes that I have made, which are really the three biggest mistakes that if I could go back and change anything from when I first started training, it would be these three things. So let me tell you a story. Whenever I first started training, I was about 37 and I had downloaded a program from the internet to follow, okay? And I decided that I wanted to have a really gorgeous set of glutes. So I downloaded a program which was in three phases. That was phase one, phase two, and phase three. And the program was actually by Emily Sky, the um, Australian fitness model, Emily Sky. So I downloaded her program. And the first phase seemed to be kind of all about kind of general fitness. There was lots of weight training and there was a meal plan and everything came with it. But I just wanted the booty building part. So I skipped phase one and I just jumped straight to phase two, which was all about building your glutes, okay? Um, I didn't pay any attention whatsoever to the meal plan. All I wanted to do was um, do the weight training because to be honest, I had been studying nutrition for about 20 years. I was a yoga teacher and I had been in the field of, of nutrition and yoga and detox and I had literally been such a geek on the human body and learning all about the organs and, and you know, nutrition and food. I was um, already a vegan. I'd been a vegetarian for 15 years and I had turned vegan a few years previously. So I thought, you know what? I like I was I was just like, I know it all. I'm such a know-it-all. I, I've always been such a know-it-all. I was like, I don't need to do the nutrition part of the program because I am so knowledgeable in nutrition and I can just figure it all out for myself. So I don't need to even consider that part. All I need to do is do the training. So I went into the gym and I diligently followed the training and I didn't question it. And in this program, there was, you know, um, you did, I think it was three days of strength training 
training and or two days of strength training and then a day of hit workouts and then you had a day's rest and then it was again two days of strength training one day of hit workouts and a day's rest so it was kind of a three on one off cycle again didn't question it just thought well this is what Emily did to get her body so this is what I should do to get my body and obviously she had an amazing ass and I wanted an amazing ass so I just thought well if I just follow her program exactly 100% the way she has it written I will get a pair of glutes like Emily Skies so I followed the program except I didn't follow the nutrition part you see I was like I'm going to follow this program exactly but all I did was follow the gym part and I didn't follow the nutrition part and I remember I would um, it was at a time in my life when I was really only eating about 1200 calories a day like literally 12 to 1400 calories that's all I was eating and I was I was very very skinny I wasn't skinny I was kind of more skinny fat I wasn't even skinny fat because I did have muscle because I was teaching a lot of yoga I was teaching about 14 hours yoga a week and I had ridden horses competitively competitively my whole life so I did have um, I did have muscle, but I remember going and getting my body fat tested and my, it said my body fat was about 25%. I remember being really shocked. I was like, I said to my husband, I was like, yeah, my body fat's going to be like about 12% whenever they, whenever they test it. Like I'm, I'm such a big ego. And uh, I guess I'd never had my body fat tested in my life. And the girl like did it with calipers and it was 25%. And I was like, no, that, that couldn't be right. I couldn't have 25% body fat because I was really, really, really lean. I was only a size eight, uh, a UK size eight, which is a, an American size four, I think. Um, and I had been an American size two, which is a UK size six, which is small for my height because I'm five foot eight. So I, I thought I was really, really, really lean. I thought I was going to have like a really low body fat, but I didn't I like 25%. So I, um, I, I was lean. I had skinny legs and I had very bony, skinny chest and I had, you know, very skinny arms, but I just had, you know, like this kind of pocket of, fat around my belly button. I mean, it wasn't a lot, but compared to the rest of my body, it was enough. Um, but I did want to have bigger glutes. So I um, I was terrified of eating. I was only eating 1,200 to 1,400 calories a day. I ate no carbs. I thought carbs were the devil. Uh, I didn't eat that much fat. Um, and I did, I, you know, I'd always followed quite a high protein diet, even though I was a vegan or a vegetarian. And I was eating, you know, a lot of protein, but I just wasn't eating enough food. So the biggest mistake that I made in the beginning was not understanding that in order to grow muscle, you need food. And not only do you need food, but you need to time your food around your training. So I would, you know, I just lived in a state of perpetual hunger. And that's the honest to God's truth. You know, I was literally starving most of the time. And I felt hungry a lot of the time, but I got, I had gotten so used to feeling hungry that it didn't really mean anything to me. Hunger was just a feeling in my body because I was used to feeling hungry. And I always remember living by the principle, that, you know, Kate Moss, I think it's once said, it, or maybe it was somebody else said it first. Um, food never tasted as good as skinny feels. And that was kind of my motto in life whenever I was younger. I was like, I would much rather be hungry than be fat. I've always been terrified of being, you know, overweight because there was a lot of fat shaming went on in my family. And it's just something that was never acceptable for me. So um, whenever I started in the gym, I didn't realize that I had to feed my muscles extra food in order to cause them to grow. So I would go in and I would train really, really hard in the gym. And then I would be absolutely and utterly starving afterwards. But I would, you know, make myself wait for hours and hours until dinner. And then dinner would be some kind of lean vegan protein with like, you know, zucchini noodles on the side and a salad. You know, I would very rarely allow myself any quinoa, certainly no rice, no carbs, nothing. I was, I, I, I just did not understand the relationship between food and muscle. If you want to build lean muscle, you have to feed them. Now, you don't have to feed your muscles so much that you get fat, but you have to give them the nutrients that they require in order to 
grow. And the best time that you can feed your muscles is before you train and after you train. So in and around that training window, a lot of the big bodybuilders, like if you study any of the Olympia guys, you know, so the Ronnie Coleman's and Jay Cutler's and that kind of stuff, they they will quite often um, drink protein and carbs during their workout. It's called an intra-workout. So they will have a pre-workout, an intra-workout and a post-workout. So the training window is the most important window that you need to maximize if you're going to build muscle. And I just didn't understand that in the beginning. I was just like, you know, in this, you know, deprivation mindset, this like calorie deprivation mindset where I just, you know, under it, under it, under it. And I was training in the gym and I really wasn't seeing a, a massive amount of progress. Like I could see like a few muscles and stuff coming through, but I wasn't, you know, I certainly wasn't seeing um, what I thought was a direct correlation between the work that I was putting in and the way my body was changing. And then what happened was I, I went to train with um, a, a trainer. I saw a bikini model who actually I'm quite friendly with now on uh, on Facebook. And I, I saw that she had tagged her trainer in one of her pictures. And I was like, oh, I want to look like her. Oh my God, I want her quads. I was like, I, I want, you know, I want her body. But she had these gorgeous big quads. And I always wanted a big pair of melon crusher thighs. And so I, I wrote to her trainer. It was a Saturday night. And I wrote to him and I sent him a text message. And I said, you know, I, I really want to, you know, I really want to train. I really want to get like ripped, you know, because I knew I wanted to do a bikini competition. I had it in the back of my mind, but I was too terrified to tell anybody um, because I was like, oh my God, the shame, like the shame of wanting to like stand on stage in a sparkly bikini. Because here in Northern Ireland, it's really, you know, I think in America, you know, being a, a bikini athlete has a completely different connotation. And here in Northern Ireland, it's not seen as, you know, as a real top class sport. Um, but I think that it really is viewed that way in America. So over here, I was like terrified to tell my mother that at like nearly 40 years of age, I wanted to stand on stage in a sparkly thong because um, I knew she would be absolutely horrified. So, and I didn't want to tell my husband either because I didn't think he would approve. But anyway, regardless, I wrote to um, my trainer, Curtis, and I said to him, you know, I really want to get ripped and I really want to do a bikini competition. You know, can you help? And he sent back, you know, he was working at the time. He said, I'm just working at the minute. I think he was like a bouncer in a nightclub on, on the weekends. He doesn't do it anymore. But he wrote back and he said, I'm just working at the minute. But yes, look, I'll text you on Monday. We'll get something sorted. And I said, okay, great. So when he messaged me on Monday and I said, you know, really want to train. This is what I want to do. I want to, I said to him, I want to get into bikini shape, but I don't want to do a competition. Like I wasn't even ready to admit to him that I wanted to do a competition. I don't think I was ready to admit it to myself. And so he said, and he's, I'll never forget. And he texted me back and he was like, let's get ripped. And I was like, oh, yes this guy speaks my language. I was like, yeah, let's get ripped. Like, that's all I ever really wanted. I just wanted to get ripped. You know, I just always wanted to have like a really shit hot body. Like call me shallow. You know, I get so much flack on Instagram and on Facebook. All these women like leave these nasty comments on the ads that we run and they're like, oh, body shaming. How dare you shame women saying about their mom, Tom. I'm like, first of all, I'm not saying about their mom, Tom. I'm talking about my mom, Tom. I'm saying I had a mom, Tom and I hated it. I'm not shaming anybody. I'm not a body shamer. So I Anyway, um, I went and I started training with Curtis. And the first thing he said to me was, you know, okay, I want you to keep a food diary for me so I can see what you're eating. So I started keeping a food diary and then he worked out my calories and macros. And understand when I started in the gym three years ago, I did not know what a macro was. Now, I knew what a, I knew what a macronutrient was. I knew what macronutrients and, and micronutrients were, but I didn't know what it meant to count your macros. When people were saying, count your macros, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Like, no clue. What does that even mean, count your macros? So what counting your macros, for those of you who were as clueless as me uh, in the beginning, means is your proteins, carbs, and fats. So if someone says, what's your macros, what they basically mean is, what percentage of your diet is protein? What percentage 
percentage is carb and what percentage is fat. So if you're eating 2000 calories per day, a certain percentage of that will be protein. In my programs, it's usually about 30%. So 30% of those 2000 calories will be protein, 30% will be fats and 40% will be carbs. So when someone says, what's your macros? That's what they mean. Okay. You may know that already. I didn't know that when I first began. I had a lot of learning to do. So um, Curtis worked out my, my macros and my calories and he said, okay, well, just to get you started, you know, and he worked out my body fat and did all that. He said, you know, you need to eat about 1800 calories. So I was like, all right, okay, 1800 calories. Yeah, yeah, that sounds fine. So anyway, so he said, you know, download my fitness pal and start tracking your food and see what you're doing. So I said, okay, great. So I went home and I started, you know, everything I ate, I logged into my fitness pal. And then I, I would get to the end of the day and I would say, oh, right, okay, I wonder how many calories I have left. And I would open my fitness pal and I only had like 12, I, I'd only eaten 1200 calories. And I'd be like, 1,200 calories? I mean, shit, I have another 600 calories to eat. This would be 10 o'clock at night. I think, how, am I, how do I have another 600 calories to eat? Like it was, it was shocking to me that I was eating so few calories. I really had no idea. And I was so busy. And sometimes I would turn up for training and Curtis would say, um, what have you had to eat today? And I would say, uh, well, I had a protein shake for breakfast. Like, okay, what was in it? Uh, just protein. But what else? Nothing, just protein, protein and water. He's like, that's all you had for your breakfast? What did you have for lunch? Well, I was really busy, Curtis. So we just had protein and water again. You just had protein and water for your lunch? And like all I had eaten all day was like a protein shake in the morning and a protein shake at lunch. And I thought I was doing so well because protein's really good for building muscle, right? So I was eating loads of proteins, great. And he was like, you're going to wreck your kidneys. This is ridiculous. You need to eat, start eating properly. So um, because I was on this semi-starvation diet, I found it really, really hard in the beginning. And I just didn't understand. Like I had been training for about three months by myself before I went to Curtis. And I just didn't realize how important food was for building muscle. And so whenever I started eating 1800 calories, you know, he, he got me to take my progress pictures every two weeks. So I took my progress picture and then in, and then I, I was eating 1800 calories. And then two weeks later, I took progress pictures again and I was leaner. And I was like, what, how, how is this? I, hang on. I came to you because I wanted to get really ripped. You increased my calories by 600 per day. And two weeks later, I'm leaner. And so I was like, what kind of voodoo magic is this? Who are you? Are you a magician? And so uh, he was like, no, like this is like your body is sucking up these calories because you're like teaching 14 hours yoga a week and now you're training five days a week in the gym. So I was like, happy days. Let's eat all the food. So um, so I continued on with this. And so I ate 1800 calories for maybe two two to four weeks. I think about four weeks. Took an, again, progress pictures in two weeks. I was leaner again. So like, oh my God, this is great. So he was like, well, let's increase to 1900. Went up to 1900. Leaner again. Went up to 2000. Leaner again. And the more food I ate, the leaner I got. Like it was shocking to me. So my body was just like sucking up all this food. I could not believe it. And then I hit the sweet spot, which was about, oh God, for me, it was like, um, I think it was about 2,800 calories. At about 2,800 calories, I started to put on what we call in bodybuilding a little bit of fluff, right? Started to put on just a little bit of fluff. And I knew that I'd hit the sweet spot. So that's what people don't realize is that there is a sweet spot of you. You have to increase calories gradually and keep taking your progress pictures. And if you keep talking, taking your progress pictures, that's when you'll realize, that's when you'll be, be able to judge if you're putting on body fat or if you're eating too much or you're eating too little. So at about 2,800 calories, I began to put on just a little bit of fluff. So I paused at 2,800 calories and I really, really, really worked on increasing my intensity in the gym. And I literally, like I, I pushed so hard in the gym. And then I think because my show, because we had decided then to do a show, which was the following April, by about Christmas time, I was eating about 3,000 to 3,500 calories per day, right? And still maintaining an, a, like literally a 
probably a 20 to 22% body fat. Okay. So, um, so anyway, then I, I started my shred for that first show on about 3000 calories and I only had to cut down to 1800 calories for the show. Like I didn't even have to go very low, although I didn't get as lean as I wanted. And next year I, I went much, much lower in order to really get shredded, which was fine. So that was the first mistake that I made, um, was not realizing how I needed, how much food you needed to eat in order to burn calories and, or in order to burn calories, well, burn calories. Yeah. Raise your metabolism, but in order to build muscle. And whenever people join my 18 month program, the, quite often the first thing we have to do with many women is we have to get them eating more food. Many women come in and they're, they're overweight, right? Or they're unhappy with part, parts of their body and they, they're eating like, and then whenever we start, you know, looking at their diets and things, we realize they're eating like a thousand calories and, and they come into the group and they're like, how can this be? Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just not hungry. And I, I still have another 600 calories to eat. And I'm like, yes, yeah, sister, I was like that in the beginning as well. Like your metabolism will catch up. But in order to burn more body fat often, um, and in order to build more muscle, you have to eat more food, which will correct your metabolism, get everything roaring along, and then your body will start to, to drop fat. So that was the first mistake. The second mistake that I made um, in the beginning was not understanding how training to failure is actually the fastest and most efficient way to build muscle. Now, understand, I'm just going to have a little caveat here because I've had a lot of people having a go at me recently on social media and they're like, it's not, you're lying. You're like, you know, you don't know anything. And I'm like, oh my God, like seriously, guys. So everything, just so you know, that I stayed on here is my opinion backed up by my experience and my research. It's not gospel, okay? There's there's many other people on here who have incredible bodies. You know, I saw my friend, you know, Natalia Mello fit. She was she was on Instagram earlier and, and like and Natalia loves her cardio, loves her, you know, her, her training, which is very different to me. You know, it's very much more active in the gym. And, you know, she has an incredible body. So, but this is my opinion and this is what has worked for me, okay? So high intensity training um, has been the thing that has changed my my body shape more than anything ever has in three years. Because a lot of people don't know, I've actually only been training in the gym for three years. It was three years past there in April, so three and a half years. So um, the, whenever I first started training, I was training um, with Curtis, my first trainer, for the first year, and I made incredible gains. And then whenever I started, um, and then I decided I would train by myself in the second year because I didn't have a lot of time to be going to Curtis all the time. So I I started training by myself. And so I would download programs from the internet, and usually free programs, sometimes paid programs, but there's a lot of free information out there. And I would download these, download these programs from the internet, and I would go to the gym, and I would, I would work on these programs. And I, you know, I trained hard. I was lifting hard. I was always pushing heavy, but I was following the programs exactly. So if the program said four sets of free bar squats, 10 to 12 reps, I would do 10 to 12 reps uh, and that's it. And if it said, you know, four sets of lying leg curls, you know, at 10 reps, I would do 10 reps. And when it said, when I got to 10, I would stop. And that was it. That's that's just how I trained. So I I was just doing this and I made I made good gains and I made really big gains in my upper body. But what I really wanted and why I started training in the first place was because I wanted a big peachy ass, right? I wanted a big peachy butt and I wanted a pair of melon crusher thighs, right? Really cut legs. Like I wanted to see quad separation. I wanted to see like more than just one line in my quad, maybe like three or four lines, you know, just like, like call me, you know, I don't know, call me, call me shallow, but that's what I wanted. And I, I just couldn't get that, right? I just was like, oh, these legs. And then whenever I went away to compete in Miami Pro in London um, two years ago, 
I took a friend of mine and my posing coach, Emma, with me. And Emma had been training with Mark Getty, my current trainer, for a couple of years, I think three or three years maybe. And um, the day of the show, I had stripped off and I was kind of looking at my physique in the mirror. And um, and I said to Emma, all I've ever really wanted is big legs. I just want big cut legs. That, that's all I want. And I, no matter how hard I work, like I can't get them. I've tried, you know, I've tried programs from the quad guy and the glute guy and the, you know, the leg extension guy. And, the, you know, I was like, I've downloaded all of these programs from the world's biggest bodybuilders. And I followed them to the letter and I just can't get big legs. And she was like, you mean legs like these? And she she dropped, she was wearing a pair of like track pants and she dropped them. And I was like, <gasps> you know, like one of those cartoon characters whenever like their eyes go and they go out on stocks, you know, and like their jaw hits the floor. I was like, how did you do that? How did you get that? I was like, she had the most gorgeous pair of legs and she still does have the most awesome legs. Like every muscle was rippling and she was like six weeks or like eight weeks or something out from her show and I was on the day of my show and I was like I want those how did you get them and she said um my tr she said Mark Getty Mark Getty and I was like who is this Mark Getty and I was like take me take me to your leader take me to Mark Getty and so whenever uh we went home from London um I think I got home on the Monday morning I said, can you please set up a meeting between Mr. Mark Getty and myself? So uh, we went, so she set up a meeting between Mark and I on the Tuesday and I went up to his gym to meet him and we chatted and Mark, I like, I walked in and like Mark is as wide as he is tall. Like Mark, Mark's bicep is 24 inches. Like Mark, if you've never seen Mark Getty, look him up on Instagram. He, uh, the Irish Hulk um, is very aptly named, is his name on Instagram. Uh, Mark is absolutely enormous. Like he is um, a pro bodybuilder, um, heavy weight bodybuilder he's won every major title in his feder in his um in the federation he competes in except the universe which he's competing in in seven weeks eight weeks from here so anyway i went in to see mark and i said to him like mark i just want a big pair of legs okay that's all i want i just want a big pair of legs he was like yeah no problem at all like like yeah come on in train so anyway the first day i went in to train with mark um i went into the gym and he was he put me under um he, he said right we're gonna squat so he took me over to the smith machine and i was like <laughs> but going to, I was like, we're going, we're going to squat on the Smith machine because I was an evangelical free bar squatter, right? I was like, thou shalt never squat on anything except the free bar because everyone's an evangelical free bar squatter, aren't they, right? You're like, for functional strength and fitness, thou shalt squat on the free bar. So he put me under the Smith machine and he was like, well, do you want a pair of legs or don't you? And I was like, well, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I was like, I'm not going to question Mark Getty. So I got under the, I got under the bar anyway. And uh, he says, you know, do 10 reps warm up there. I didn't put any weight on it. And so I did 10 reps and I was like determined to show him just how strong I was, you know, I was like, oh, so strong. And uh, so then he, he slapped uh, two tens on either side, right? And, and so which the bar's very heavy on, on his Smith machine. It's one of those straight Smiths. So the bar's about 30 kilos because the bar's 20 and then there's two weights on the side. So it's about 30 kilos. So we slapped two tens on, so we're up to um, 50 kilos. And uh, and so Mark goes, right, you know, 10 reps there. So I was like, okay, 10 reps. Yeah, it wasn't hard. It's fine. You know what I mean? 50 kilos? Yeah, easy enough. So um, so then he slaps two more tens on. So we're up to 79. I was thinking, oh, okay, okay, yeah, getting a wee bit heavier. That's good. Like my, my top rep, you know, my, my top set in a free bar squat would be about 100 kilos at that point. But that would be with a spotter and I'd maybe do, you know, six to 10 reps. But I would not, but like a spotter wouldn't be lifting it, but I would always feel safer if there's somebody there. But 
I would have, you know, I would have been doing 90 kilos by myself easily, 100 kilos top set. So I was thinking, you know, like, I'm going to show this guy what I can do. So he throws another two tens on and I got under the bar and um, he goes, go again. So, and I was like, oh, this, this squatting on the Smith machine is very difficult. Actually, like, you think it's got to be easier? It's really not because it locks it into the legs, right? Locks it into the legs. You, there's no wiggling or using any other body part to push that bar up. The only, or the main body part you're using to push that bar up is the is your legs. So um, so I was fine. 10 reps at 70 kilos. So then Mark slaps on another two plates, right? Now, I found those 70 kilos quite heavy. And by this stage, you know, we're getting into my fourth set. And I was thinking, Fuck, that, that last set was was heavy. Like I really struggled hard in the last three weeks. And Mark throws on two more plates. So now we're up to 90 kilos. This is my first exercise at 10 a.m. with my first ever session with my new trainer. And he slaps two more tens on. And I was like, okay. And I thought, well, I'm not going to complain. I'm just going to do it. So I unracked the bar and I'm like, shit, this is heavy. Oh my God. So anyway, so I, I squat down. And I'm like, you know, so anyway, so I get up and Mark. So Mark's standing behind me. He's spotting me just with his fingertips, right? So he's like using his biceps. He's not like curling himself around me, you know, like spooning me from the back and squatting. Mark's like using his, his fingertips. But Mark, Mark spots you. He just like, he, he always says he's there to make the rep harder, right? He just wants to keep the momentum going. If you need a tiny wee bit of a finger lift at the bottom, just to get, keep the rep going. That's his job. So I got to six reps, right? And I was struggling like crazy at six reps. And I thought he was going to tell me to rack the bar. And he goes, no, 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 come on, keep going, keep going, come on, come on, another rep. And so I was like, oh shit, so seven reps. And he's like, come on, come on, this is light for you. And I'm thinking, this is not light for me. So I would get up and I was like, ah, I got to eight reps. He's like, come on. I was like, no, Mark, no. And he was like, I'm literally shouting, no. And he's like, come on, come on. I said, oh my gosh. So I downed for another rep and I was like, ah, it took me like six to eight seconds to get from the bottom to the top. So then he goes, and he goes, come on, come on, last one, last one. And I'm like, no, by this stage, I'm like hyperventilating. Oh my God what's this guy doing to me? So I like squat down and like, like every ounce of strength. I think it took me 10 seconds to get from the bottom to the top. And then Mark goes, okay, you're done. Boom, rack the bar. And I was like, oh my God. Like I had never, ever trained like that in my entire life, ever. The intensity with which I trained or I trained, should I say now? Because now I'm used to it. But the intensity with which I trained with Mark was like nothing I had ever experienced before. Leg day, like, don't get me wrong. I, I never relished leg day in the gym before, but I certainly never dreaded it. And and even now, like this may be TMI, okay? Like this may be too much information, but even now I do legs on a Tuesday with Mark, right? 10 a.m. every Tuesday, legs. And I, whenever I wake up in the morning, I usually have a dose of the runs at least three times before I get to the gym. And then usually in the middle of our session as well, I get so nervous. I've been training with Mark for two years and I still get nervous before leg day. I literally have the runs in the morning when I wake up, before I leave the house again, and usually when I get to the gym because like my stomach turns over with because I know what's coming. So anyway, so we did we did our set in the Smith and then we went on to, I think it was the incline hack squat and like he nearly freaking crucified me on that as well. There was like, but what I realized with Mark was the first two, to three sets were actually relatively easy. So the first set, it was like, yeah, this is a piece of piss. There's like no weight on this bar. Second set, yeah, still really easy, no problem at all. Third set, okay, first working set. Yeah, I'm feeling, it's feeling a wee bit harder now. But it was the fourth and final set of those compounds where you literally left your soul on the gym floor. You left your soul on the floor. You were like trembling, you know, feeling like you were going to vomit, head spinning, 
ears pounding, you know, like the blood rushing into your head. But that fourth and final set, literally, where you leave your soul on the floor, that is where the muscle grows. And it's only when the pain begins that the work starts. And I didn't realize that before. I thought that when the pain began, that's when you re-racked the bar. So like, I knew the last, you know, I knew that it was supposed to be sore and kind of uncomfortable, but I just didn't realize the extent with which you had to go to or the extent you had to go to in order to really break through those muscle fibers, recruit more muscle fibers, tear more muscle fibers and build more muscle. And so I started training with Mark in, you know, regularly five days a week. Um, and I, and my body packed on more muscle in one year than any other time in my life before. I swear to God, like I, my quads doubled in size. If you go on my Instagram, the sculpted vegan, um, and look at some of my previous before and after pictures, Uh, My quads are, are, they're absolutely unrecognizable. In fact, I packed on so much muscle in the last year through training with Mark that um, I I got far too big for bikini. Like I won my first show. I didn't even place in my second show. I came fifth in the world championships then in my third show. But like they nearly moved me out of the category three times in all three shows. They pulled me out to the front of the stage and looked at me and they were going to move me because I just put on so much muscle. So um, if you want to build big, big, big muscle, you need to not stop when it says 10 reps. If if you have more reps in the tank, you keep going. And also what a lot of people don't understand with high intensity training, it's called HIT training, not to be confused with high intensity interval training, it's high intensity training. And what a lot of people don't understand with high intensity training is that you it, it requires you to completely go to failure so that you literally cannot move your body part one more inch. And what a lot of people as well don't realize is your final rep in your final set of your compounds, you know, your your big exercises should take between six to 10 seconds. If you push up and, and you go, you get three seconds up and you're and, and, and then you rack the bar, you're doing yourself out of the growth. It, it should take six to 10 seconds. In fact, I want you to count. I challenge you next time you're in the gym and you're doing your compounds, compounds being multi-joint exercises like, you know, squats or hack squat or leg press or a deadlift or something like that. I want you to count your final reps in your final set because they should take you six to 10 seconds from bottom to top. And that is how you know you've reached failure. If you're pulling that rep up in one or two seconds, you have not reached failure. Now, it's best to not go to failure. You always want to be safe. And on leg day, I recommend that you get a spotter because it is hard to go to failure by yourself. And if you have a spotter, that person can really grind out those final few reps. And that's another thing that I learned. It was one of the other mistakes that I made in the beginning. I didn't realize that it's okay to safely, and I'm putting my fingers in inverted commas here, safely lose form in the final reps of the final set in order to grind out more reps. If you look at the biggest bodybuilders in the world, whenever I want to do something really well, I look at someone who's doing the thing that I want to do at the top of their game. So when I wanted to build muscle, I didn't look at the bikini athlete standing on the Olympia stage. I looked at the Jay Cutlers of the world. I looked at the Ronnie Coleman's. I looked at the Mark Gettys. I looked at the Dorian Yates. I looked at the Arnold Schwarzeneggers. I looked at the men because I was like, well, what's working for them will work for me. 
whenever I wanted to build my online business, The Sculpted Vegan, which is now the world's largest online vegan bodybuilding company, I didn't look at someone who was running a blog or selling a few programs. I looked at the Amy Porterfields of the world. I looked at, you know, the biggest digital marketeers that exist. And I and I was like, well, I'm going to do what they're doing because Amy, Porter made, Amy Porterfield, who's one of my mentors, has made like 15 million in the last, like, I don't know how many years, like eight years or something from online programs. I was like, well, I'm going to do what she's doing because she obviously knows her knows her shit, you know? So um, training to failure is really, not training to failure was the biggest one, the second biggest mistake that I made in the very beginning. I, I just didn't understand really what it takes to build muscle. And that is to absolutely and utterly annihilate your body and grind out those final few reps in the final set. Your first two sets are your warm-up sets. They should be easy enough. You only need to really leave your soul on the floor in the final set. And that's one thing I learned from Mark. Every other trainer I'd ever been with said, you know, he would have I, what I hated about it was I tend to give my all to things. Whenever I do something, I will go the heaviest I can go for the longest I can go. I'll, you know, I'll really throw myself into it. And what I hated was, you know, sometimes with, in, a, in a set with another trainer, I would really throw myself into it. And the trainer, and I'd be like, yeah, like grinding it. And then they would go, okay, just one more set. And I'd be like, one more set? Are you freaking crazy? And they'd be like, no, no, but you know, I'd be like, no, no, I'm not doing one more set. Like I was like, I used to get so annoyed because I was like, I gave that my all. Like I'm dying. My arms could barely move. But the thing about Mark is, uh, and the high intensity training is you only need to give it your all for one set. Mark will never ask you to leave your soul on the floor, on the floor twice. You do it once. Yeah absolutely and utterly annihilate yourself and, it, and then it's done you move on to the next exercise so that's what I love about Mark you know your central nervous system doesn't take an enormous amount of beating because you know you're only doing it once so the final thing that I learned um, or the, the final mistake that I made which I wish I had have known in the 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 year that I trained myself um well, even those first two years, because I, all the, the majority of my muscle has been built in the last year. Like my body is completely different to what it was a year ago. It's insane the amount of muscle that I've built through training, through high intensity training, the way that I teach in my sculpted vegan programs. We all use high intensity training and the results are phenomenal um, for the members. But the last uh, mistake that I made was um, changing my program too often. So I see many, many people doing this because um, I think because they get bored is is probably one of the reasons. But also, I think that like me in the beginning, many people believe that um, in order to change your in order to get better results, you need to change your program, change your gym program often. Right. And uh, there's this whole like thing going around and this whole like epidemic going around, which um, I find quite amusing, <clears throat> excuse me, which is about confusing your muscles. Have you heard of muscle confusion? I bet many of you have heard about, oh yes, I change my exercises often to confuse my muscles so that my muscles don't get used to the exercises that we're doing and then they become confused, which means that I can trick them into doing more work. I'm like, really? You're confusing your muscles? And they're like, yeah, 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 that, that's what happens whenever you change your program all the time, you confuse your muscles. And I'm like, so tell me how that works. So I explained to me how that works because your body is the most sophisticated piece of equipment that ever existed in the whole universe. There is nothing more complex or more sophisticated than your body, right? But you believe 
that you can confuse your muscles. So you can outthink your muscles, right? And and so I, I, can, I can imagine the conversation. Imagine like your muscles being like, oh my God, like I'm so confused. She, I like last week we were doing deadlifts, sumo deadlifts, and this this week we're doing straight leg deadlifts. And I swear to God, if she doesn't stop confusing me, I'm I'm leaving this party. I'm I'm out of here. That's it. I'm like. Whenever people talk about confusing their muscles, I'm like, this is like the funniest thing I've ever heard. Let me tell you something, people, okay? Like, listen up. You can't confuse your muscles, okay? Can't confuse your muscles. You can't confuse your body. Your body, you're confused if you think you can confuse your body. It doesn't exist. Muscle confusion does not exist, right? Muscle confusion. Basically, whenever people change their exercises, they they, che- they they access different muscle fibers, right? So whenever you change the angle of your legs in a leg press, for example, say you put, if you place your feet closer together, then you will activate more of the quad muscles. And if you place your feet wider apart and higher, you will activate more of the glutes and hamstrings. So you haven't confused your muscles by changing your leg position. You've just activated different muscle fibers, okay? So this whole muscle confusion thing, um, I, I, I find it very funny. And I remember whenever I first, um, I, I read programs, you know, earlier on and whenever in my, you know, in my investigative days, whenever I was training myself and I would have downloaded different programs because I believed that it was important to keep the body guessing. Oh yes, I'm changing my, changing my gym program every eight weeks because I want to keep my body guessing. Um, what, what that was really code for was I'm changing my gym program every week, every eight weeks because I'm bored, right? Because, and here's what happens and listen, I understand this, okay? We go to the gym and we're doing the same freaking exercises every day, right? And we're doing, oh my God, it's Monday, it's legs again and we're doing squats, and we're doing this, and we're doing that. And it beca- it can become very boring, right? So at eight weeks down your line, you think, yeah, I'm ready for a change. I'm ready to change this up. I'm going to change this up. I'm going to do something different, right? And you're sore in all the right places. And you're like, oh, that changing of that program, that that must have really, um, that, that must be the reason why I'm sore, right? I'm sore because, you know, I've, I've because now my muscles are confused. No, it, that's not what happens. It's just you activated different muscle fibers. But here is why it is a mistake to change your program too often, Okay. It's a mistake because training in the gym is kind of like learning to drive a car. So whenever, I don't I don't know how you first learned to drive a car, but I first learned to drive a car whenever I was nine years of age, okay? My dad is a car dealer. And um, whenever we were not, whenever we were old enough for our feet to touch the pedals, my father taught us all to drive. And we used to drive around. He had we had quite a big yard, you know, and you know, and we had lanes and yards and places. You know, it was it was, it was we, an old farm. So we had about fifty acres. So dad used to put us in the car, and he used to explain to us how the two wee wheels, you know, and the thing. And as you moved your foot off the clutch, and these wheels moved apart, and the car started to move. And he would have taught us all this. And I remember whenever I first started to drive, it was all very confusing. So I'm sitting on three cushions propped up in like a, a Ford Fiesta, right? You're talking like 30 years ago here. Yeah, 30 years ago. So I'm in a Ford Fiesta propped up in three cushions with like a ramrod straight back on it, okay? Barely able to see out over the steering wheel. There's no power steering in this vehicle, by the way, because there wasn't in those days and there's certainly no seatbelts. So I'm like learning to drive on the farm in this thing and dad's like trying to explain about these wheels, like turning and moving apart and I'm trying to think about what I'm doing with the clutch and then it's like oh shit I have to remember to brake and then oh my god don't press the accelerator too hard and then I'm trying to like hold this bloody thing around corners and like I'm trying to concentrate on all of these things at the same time right and 
it was really, really hard because I, I, you know, I certainly couldn't have gone fast and I certainly couldn't have done like hill starts or turn, you know, or, or three point turns like that all came later. And of course, then once I got used to the car and I got used to the feeling of the clutch and used to the feeling of the accelerator and used to all that, then I was able to do hill starts and three point turns and all of the stuff that dad taught us, you know, in reversing around corners and everything that we were going to need to know for our test. And that's kind of what it's like whenever people learn to drive, no matter what age it is, whenever you learn to drive, you know, you don't get into the car and you're like, yeah, let's go. Like little boy racer. Everybody has to learn. You have to turn the music off. You have to concentrate. You're like, oh my God, I have to remember to indicate driving in the rain. Do you remember how stressful that was in the beginning? Like driving in the rain. Oh my God, it's raining. Like it's a whole new set of stimulus coming in and you're trying to learn something new. That's what it's like when you change your gym program too often. Whenever you change your gym program to a completely new set of exercises, you have to go through the whole learning curve again. You have to learn, oh, so, okay, okay, well, I don't know how strong I am here, so I'm guessing the weights in the beginning. But you don't know what your failure weight is because you're not used to doing it. And you're really not sure about, you know, do do my knees have to come in, you know, quite so far? And, oh, is it okay if my back comes off the seat? Or or maybe, oh, do I have to stick my butt out like that? Or what's what's the best hand placement? Oh, do I keep my shoulders back? So you're learning all of these new movements with this new with this new gym program. And the problem is that muscle is primarily built through adding more load, right? Whenever load is king, that's one of the sayings in the Sculpted Vegan program, load is king. Adding more load, i.e. adding more weight is the fastest way on this earth to build more muscle, right? Adding more load. But just like you can't get into a car for the very first time or even after the first week or the second week or the third week or even the, the first six months, you can't get into the car and drive. You know, you can go onto a rally track and just like race. You can't go, you know, you can't take risks in the car. You can't like, you know, nip in and out of people, you know, in traffic lights. Not that I would ever do that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You, you can't take the little risks in the car. You drive very, very safely because you're still getting used to the car. But then as you've been driving for, you know, as long as I have now, 20 years, you know, more than 20 years, you, you know, you get very, you know, used to taking risks and taking, you know, and just just driving really, really well. But that comes over time. And that's what happens whenever you keep your training the same in the gym. My my training program hasn't changed in the last uh, 16, 17 months, right? And when I say hasn't changed, right? I'm not joking. My training program has stayed the same, the same exercises in the same order, using the same amount of reps, for the last 16 months, and I do not intend to change it. I, I, on a Monday, I do chest and triceps. Tuesday is legs, quad focused. Wednesday is back. Thursday is shoulders and biceps. Friday is glutes and hamstrings. The exact same exercises in the exact same order. Now, that would seem counterintuitive, wouldn't it? That would seem like you would be like, hmm, okay, well, like surely your, you know, you, your muscles wouldn't be confused enough to grow or, you know, or, or how does that work? Or how would you even progress in that way? Well, I'll tell you how you progress. Whenever, just like driving a car, whenever you're doing the same exercises every single week, you don't need to focus on the movement. You don't need to focus on, you know, what you're doing, whether your back should come off the seat, whether your arms are in the right place, whether your feet are in the right place. When you get on that machine, like I do, um, a, I don't do Smith squats anymore, but I, I have four compounds that I move between. So I say it hasn't changed. I move between these four compounds. They're either Smith squats, um, incline hack squat, pendulum squat, or V squat. I never, ever, ever use a free bar in my training ever. Sometimes I do like a, a row, like a barbell row. Today I was doing like 80 kilo barbell rows because they don't have a T-bar row in the other gym I was training in. But apart from that, it's all machine based. And whenever you get onto that machine and your body, it, you're, it's just like whenever you settle into a car, your body just settles in, your body just gets used to 
it. And all you need to focus on is pushing more load. That's it. You don't, you're not worrying about anything else except, can I move this weight? My squat, since I have been training with Mark Getty and training this way with the high intensity way and also just keeping the exercises the same, I now squat 180 kilos for 10 reps on a V um, squat, which is where your feet are on a platform, um, on like a, a slight incline platform. And you've got two bars on your shoulder. Um, so that's, I would squat 180 kilos on that. And I would do 190 kilos on the incline hack squat straight after the V bar, right? Or not the V bar, the V squat. 190 kilos. Like that's an insane amount of weight for a girl. And the only reason I've been able to do that is because I've kept the exercises the same for a long, long, long time. When I step onto those machines, I know exactly what I'm there to do. And my central nervous system is relaxed. I'm not trying to learn new movement patterns. I'm not stressing. I'm not sweating. I'm not worrying about whether I'm going to be able to lift it or not because I lift the same every single week. All I need to worry about is, am I going to be able to lift this new weight with this extra five kilos, this extra 10 kilos or whatever? And that's when you get slightly nervous in your final set. But often you can because you know consistently, you can say to yourself, oh my God, right, for the last six months or six weeks or whatever, I've been consistently doing 10 reps at 160 kilos. So if I do 10 reps at 160 kilos, I know I can do five reps at 170 kilos. Like it makes sense, doesn't it? Like the maths make sense. You're doing 10 reps at 160 kilos consistently. So now you kind of know in your mind, I say it to all the people in the 18 month um, Sculpt and Shred program, I say to them, if you are doing 10 reps at a certain weight, you can do six reps at a lower weight. Or no, sorry, at a higher weight. So if say you're doing 80, 80 kilogram um, which is about 170 pound um, free bar squat, right? And you're doing that for eight reps. I would say to them, well, you can do 100 kilos or 90 kilos for, for four reps. You can always go up in weight and down in reps. And that's how you progress. And that is the biggest mistake that people make. The third biggest mistake people make is they change their program too often. When I stopped changing my program, my muscles exploded with growth, exploded with growth. Okay. It, it's, it's insane how much they grew. So you have to, um, you have to keep the exercises the same. And then, you know, and I'm always, like, I do these, 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 I used to do them weekly, but now I do the monthly Q and A's in the group in the Sculpt and Shred program. And the 18 month, I keep talking about it because the 18 month um, Sculpt and Shred program is kind of my signature program. It's, it's the program where they, you build muscle for 12 months and then you, sh you do an athlete style shred, like stage style shred at the end. And so, um, and I'm always saying to them and they're always like, oh, goody, this two is released because each phase is 10 weeks long and they get like really excited oh yay phase, phase two and it, it always happens like whenever they get into phase two or phase three and they go yay phase two is released and they go into phase two and they download the pdf and then they go into the facebook group and they go uh it, it's kind of the same as as phase one there's just a couple of exercise changes and all the other members are like uh-huh yep and they're like but but i thought it was going to change and the members are like no no you'll understand with kim's programs they don't change. They don't change very often. And I'm always like, I always talk about as a gladiator, you know, when he goes, he goes into the middle of the ring and he's like, you know, are you not entertained? And I always say to members like, seriously, do you want to be entertained or do you want to get a result? Because if you want to be entertained, then you can just go onto the internet and you can download a new program every eight weeks. And if and listen, there's no judgment there, by the way. Some people go into the gym and they're like, I'm not really that concerned about building muscle. I just kind of want to be a wee bit stronger. 
And I kind of enjoy going to the gym and I enjoy experimenting and trying new things. So I'm happy to keep doing like my husband, for example, Ryan, he loves to change a gym program. He changes it like every eight weeks. And it drives me insane when I train with him as I'm always trying to get him to like go to failure. And he's like, I don't want to go to failure. Like I did fail. I, I don't want to train like you. I don't want to like leave my soul on the floor. He's like, I'm 48 years of age. Like I, I left my soul on the floor many times as a professional rugby player. And now I'm just here to kind of be stronger and, you know, look kind of hot for, you know, being nearly 50. And he does it very hot for being nearly 50. But um, so he, that's what he likes. But if but but my goal has always been melon crusher thighs, a booty that could crack a nut, big shoulders, you know, like an hourglass, muscular curves, we call them. I always wanted muscular curves. So if I want muscular curves, I was like, what is the fastest way to get there? And the fastest way to get there is not changing your exercises too often and just working on adding more load. There are three things that will... Um, that will progressively overload the muscle. There's more than three, but these are the, the three main ones that I teach that will progressively overload the muscle in order to make it grow. The first one is adding more load, okay? So you always go as heavy as you possibly can. Whenever you've maxed out on your load and you can't lift anymore, see if you can add in a few more reps. So if, you, if, you're, if you've just gone up to a new weight and you've done six, like for example, I've just pushed up to new weights on my V squat and my incline hack squat. And so we dropped the, we dropped the reps back to six, right? So we were doing four sets of six reps. And then uh, we did that for two weeks. And then, no, we did it for one week. Then last week we increased the, the first three sets to eight reps. And this week we increased the first three sets to 10 reps. So still at the new high weight, but now we're pushing back up the reps. Next week we'll stay at the new high high weight and we'll push all of the reps up to 10. Um, we'll probably stay there until I get really strong and really confident with the new weights and then we'll add more load. So the three ways that you can progressively overload the muscle are more load first and foremost, more reps once you can get those in and then reducing the rest periods. So if I was really maxed out on reps and I was maxed out on load and I could not lift anymore, then I would add, I would slightly shorten the rest periods because that's going to you know put more pressure on the muscle and cause the muscle to grow. So um, that's what you always want to be aiming for in the gym. But you want to be adding, you know, aiming for load first and foremost. And then just ask yourself, like, are you here to get results? Are you here to be entertained? And if you're here to be entertained, no problem at all. But my Sculpt and Shred program or any of my programs is probably not going to suit you because I'm all about the results. I want to get into that gym. I want to I want to do the workout and I want to get out of there as fast as I possibly can because I just want, I, I don't really particularly enjoy being in the gym, but I enjoy the results. I enjoy of, you know, I, I have a better body now at 40 than I've ever had in my entire life. And that is what I enjoy. And that is what my, my goal is whenever I'm in the gym. So um, I do know that I was actually going to answer more than one question today, but that was such a good question. And it enabled me to really go deep into those three things that if I could go back and change those three things um, and, and in the first couple of years of my training, I know that I would have ex I would be in a completely different place now with my body than than I was because those were the mistakes I made in the first two years. And um, I just fannied around basically with, you know, the changing too many variables. And it was really when I got consistent that everything changed. And that is what I preach in my programs. I say, you know, consistency and discipline or, you know, it's not important to be perfect. It's important to be consistent. You have to show up consistently, 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 and consistency is what will give you the results. So um, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Strong and Sculpted. Thank you so much for showing up today. Remember, I would love it if you would leave me a review um, on iTunes and I'm going to start giving shout outs to everybody who leaves reviews. Now, if you didn't enjoy the podcast, don't leave me a shitty review, okay? Because that would just be mean. Only leave a review if you actually liked it. A positive review is what I'm looking for, not a crappy review. I'm just going to be honest. Like I get enough negativity and crap on the internet from keyboard warriors and trolls. Like seriously, I don't know what we're 
what's going on in the world today. But anyway, um, I would love it if you would leave me a review and I will uh, 100% read it out on the podcast. Um, and I will see you uh, next week for another episode of Strong and Sculpted. So thank you so much for showing up today and thank you so much for asking questions and for participating. You honestly mean the world to me and I couldn't do what I do without you. So I just want you to know how much I appreciate you all. Okay, this is Kim Constable. Thank you so much and I will see you soon. Bye for now. 